Hello and welcome. My name is Mason and this is Mace on Movies, episode 10 of my journey through the DC animated movie universe. Can't believe it has already been 10 weeks of doing this series. Uh, it's also been 10 weeks of doing my journey through Ghibli series, so you can check that out as well. Uh, but really excited to come to this film, which is Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. And I was really excited to see kind of an animated take on the Suicide Squad because they are a bunch of characters that I wasn't overly familiar with when they had the live action version by David Ayer, uh, which was butchered by the studio and not released um, the way that it was intended to be released. Uh, and if we ever see that original cut, it'll be a miracle. Um, but I did like, even though the movie was a really big mess, uh, I did really enjoy the characters that they introduced there, uh, including Harley Quinn, of course, but also Deadshot, and we had Killer Croc, Diablo, uh, and we had uh, Captain Boomerang as well. Uh, so there were some great characters in that Suicide Squad film, even though the film overall wasn't super successful, but it did get me really interested in this concept of a group of villains, essentially, uh, being forced to team up and take down a greater evil. I think that's a really interesting concept to play with. So uh, I think that these movies always have the potential to be a lot of fun because the way that the movie is structured really means that nobody's safe uh, in these films. Like you never know who's going to survive, who's not going to survive. I think that if you have like an idea of who the bigger characters are, like Harley Quinn and Deadshot, you, you pretty much assume they're going to be safe. Uh, but the rest of the crew is, is pretty much up for grabs, like in terms of who lives and who dies. Uh, I'm also really excited to see James Gunn's take on the Suicide Squad coming out um, in about a month and a half as of this recording, coming out in August. So uh, really excited because they have secured a Japan release date for that. That is at least close to the U.S. release date. It might be a week later, but really excited um, for the, the next live action Suicide Squad film. So all that being said, I was very excited to jump into this animated film of the Suicide Squad, which by the way is rated R and it is a hard R. There is a lot of blood. Uh, there are some sexual themes and things like that. So just have an awareness going into it. Um, if you are sensitive to any of those things, a, I don't know why you would want to watch Suicide Squad to begin with, but just the heads up. So, uh, fair warning. And uh, this was again directed by Sam Liu, who has done uh, a lot of the animated, directed a lot of the animated films in this series. Uh, and it is, you know, based on the Suicide Squad comics, uh, and it features uh, a very large voice cast as usual. Um, but the main ones with within the Suicide Squad uh, would be Christian Slater voicing Deadshot. In this film, Deadshot is white, which lines up with the comics. Uh, so. You know, obviously in the live action version, we had Will Smith. Um, and I would say that I probably actually preferred Will Smith's performance as Deadshot in live action. Christian Slater is great. He's a good voice actress, but voice actress, he's a good, he's a good voice actor. Um, but, you know, I just, I thought that, you know, the, his, his character in here was, was pretty standard. Uh, and I thought that um, Will Smith's version in the live action brought a little bit more depth uh, and emotion to the character. Um, so that that's just, you know, in this film, we do see obviously the relationship between Deadshot and his daughter, and that is explored a little bit. Uh, but I think that I 
enjoyed, like I said, the live action version of that more. Uh, we also have Vanessa Williams as Amanda Waller. Um, and then we've got Billy Brown as Ben Turner slash Bronze Tiger. Liam McIntyre as George Harkness slash Captain Boomerang. And then we've got Tara Strong doing the voice of Harley Quinn uh, or Harleen Quinzel, um, which is uh, interesting. This is the this is the third thing I've done this week uh, that has the voice of Tara Strong in it uh, from the Studio Ghibli uh, English version of um, Princess Mononoke uh, to Loki, where she does the voice of Miss Minutes. Uh, and now she's here doing the voice of Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad film. Unfortunately, I will say that this was probably my least favorite version of Harley Quinn uh, that I've seen. Um, I think that Margot Robbie does a great job with the character in live action, and I'm excited to see her do that role again after she's done it in the first Suicide Squad and in Birds of Prey. I'm excited to see more of that. I also think that uh, Kaylee Cuoco, who is from The Big Bang Theory, does the voice of the of her in the Harley Quinn series. I've only watched one episode of that so far, um, but I really enjoyed um, her voice work on there and just the character, what they do with the character character in that series. Um, and so, and I've also seen the Batman animated series. Uh, I've only, I think I've only seen like one episode where she's in that, but uh, was you know it was good. I, I enjoyed it. But for some reason, the way that they've used the character in this film and her humor or level of kind of um, intelligence or insanity, I don't know. The combination in this film uh, with that character, it didn't really, didn't really, uh, didn't work for me personally. I thought that having seen what I consider some really great voice work and live action takes on that character... I thought that the character in this film was actually a little bit annoying. I didn't really enjoy seeing her that much in this film. It doesn't mean I don't like the character. I just didn't like it in this film. So uh, maybe that's controversial. I don't know. Um, but there are definitely other versions that I preferred over this one. Um, and then we've also got Kristen Bauer Van Stratton as uh, Killer Frost and Gideon Emery as Copperhead and C. Thomas Howell as uh, as Zoom, who's not part of the of the squad, but he is in this film, and yeah, we've got uh, as, on the villainous, the actual bigger villainous side, uh, we've got Jim Peary as uh, Vandal Savage. He also voices Count Vertigo. Uh, we've got Dania Ramirez as uh, Scandal Savage, and then we've got Dave Fenoy doing three voices: Blockbuster, Tobias Whale, and Black Manta. Uh, with Greg Grunberg doing the voice of Dr. Fate. Uh, so a lot of, you know, they're in this movie for varying lengths of time, but a really great, really interesting voice cast. So, um, but this film centers on, uh, bas the basic plot of this film is that Amanda Waller has been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and she discovers that there is a card in existence, which is a get-out-of-hell-free card, which means that no matter what you've done in your life, uh, if you possess this card, you'll be able to bypass hell and go straight to heaven. Um, in our world, uh, in, at least for Christians, we call that ghetto hell free card Jesus, uh, which is interesting because in this film, um, there is a character who talks about how only the grace of God can save him, and he's kind of made a change in his life. Uh, but then uh, the, the ultimate arc of that character, I was like, oh, it's interesting that um, you know, there's still some competition for this card. Uh, even though uh, you're saying one thing, but your actions kind of uh, show something a little bit different. 
So I thought that was really interesting, um, but it was funny. Uh, but I think that it's a great, um, it's a great uh, MacGuffin for this film to have a get out of hell free card that, you know, this whole team is a team of villains and they're meant to be trusted to get this card for Amanda Waller when in reality, any one of them could really use that card based on what they've done in their lives. So I thought that that was really interesting um, to have that in play and you see different villainous groups trying to get this card. Um, so I thought that it was such a great, such a great idea for this film to have that be the, the focal point. Um, to, and it made sense why, you know, it made sense why every character's motivations, um, w revolving around this card, it, it all made sense. Uh, because obviously this group of villains would want it, uh, especially zoom who is, Extremely villainous, um, but yeah, I, I think that um, I, I enjoyed the plot of this film. It was definitely like the vibe of this film was very much like if you've seen Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse, um, you know that it kind of like was in that vibe of like very much a throwback to the Grindhouse films in terms of music, uh, in terms of the opening title shot. Um, and things like that. And also just in terms of the level of violence. It's a very violent, very bloody film. Um, and and I would say that if you're into that, it is a lot of fun. And so I definitely enjoyed this film a lot. Um, I think that the plot really works. I think that the characters, for the most part, are really enjoyable. Captain Boomerang is always a lot of fun. Uh, it was cool to see Killer Frost in here as well. But I think that Copperhead uh, kind of steals a lot of the scenes that he's in. Because uh, he's a very interesting, just the design of him and his personality, I think, uh, were a great comic relief throughout this film. And of course, Amanda Waller is terrifying as always. It's exciting to see Zoom in here uh, and things like that. So yeah, I, I definitely really liked it. It's not at the top of my DC animated movie list, but I would put it, you know, at a respectable, a respectable ranking. Like it's definitely far from the worst of the series, but not quite the best of the series. So that's just for me personally. But like I said, I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, Harley Quinn in this was not my cup of tea. Um, I, like I said, preferred her in other, other takes on that character. So, uh, but yeah, I would definitely recommend if you like the Suicide Squad, I think that you will definitely enjoy this film. Uh, if you like that Grindhouse style, definitely I think that this would be for you, as well as seeing just a huge, huge uh, group of villains represented in this film. Uh, I think everyone has, you know, their villain that they really enjoy seeing, and I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty to enjoy uh, in here for you. So that's going to wrap up the non-spoilers. I almost spoiled some part of it uh, in the non-spoiler part, so I'm going to give the spoiler warning now and talk about a couple specific things from the film. So if you haven't seen it, uh, thanks so much for listening up to this point. Give it a watch, come back, uh, or you can keep on listening if you want to. So spoiler warning, in effect, here we go. All right, so... Getting back to the plot of the film, what I mentioned before was that the character of Bronze Tiger who comes in has made a vow never to take an innocent life, kind of an arrangement that he's made with God um, in order for him to have his redemption. So it was really interesting that through the course of this film, um, we see that Deadshot um, ultimately at the end of this film gives that card to Bronze Tiger as Bronze Tiger is dying uh, to make sure that he goes to heaven. But I was like, oh, it's really interesting that he didn't really put his faith in the agreement uh, that was in place. But he's like, ah, I'm going to use this card for you because obviously out of the entire team, Bronze Tiger is the one who probably deserves it the most. 
um, you know, based on his actions in this film. Um, so I thought that was really great. Obviously, you know, the opening of this movie also works really well um, because you have to establish the fact that nobody's safe. You have to establish um, that, you know, Amanda Waller is not to be messed with. You have to establish the devices that are in their brains that will explode if they cross Amanda Waller or do something that they shouldn't be doing during the mission. So I thought that all of that was really good. Um, and, you know, so in the, in the beginning of this movie, you know, we've got Count Vertigo, we've got Julie, uh, we've got Punch, um, and they're, they're trying to get this, this flash drive or whatever uh, from Tobias Whale because uh, it has leaked intelligence. And in the process of getting it, uh, there's a betrayal, um, you know, and uh, by Count Vertigo and Julie, uh, they betray the team. They plan to steal the information for themselves, but they're talking about it. And here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why you would talk about your betrayal on, like, in the presence of someone who has an open line to Amanda Waller during the mission. Like, that's just not a good plan. So I thought that their plan was not well thought out, uh, and they're taken out, and it shows us that um, Amanda Waller is serious. It shows us that these devices are in their head and things like that. So I thought it was a great opening to the film. Um, I'm expecting a very similar opening uh, at the beginning of James Gunn's Suicide Squad because I, I think we've seen a lot of characters in that trailer that are not going to make it very far uh, into the film or past the first mission. So uh, we'll see what we get there. But yeah, like I said, great, great way to show the stakes um, of the film. And again, going back to the plot of this film with the Get Out of Hell free card, I think that it's such a great, it's not end of the world level high stakes where we had in the first live action Suicide Squad. It's just a, like, it's just something that Amanda Waller personally wants. She's got a team that can help her get it. Uh, and she's going to use that team. And obviously, you know, if they cooperate, they get a year off their sentence, uh, which some of them were like, great, only 84 left. You know, um, I thought that was a great joke. Um, but towards the end of this film, Deadshot's able to drive it up to 10 years for everyone uh, and get his freedom. So I thought that was really cool. But I, I, like I said, I think that not every movie needs to be like end of the world stakes. But this is a mission that like, you know, if Amanda Waller were to ask like Batman or Superman to get this get out of hell free card for her, I think that she'd have a really hard time doing that or explaining herself uh, in a way that they would want to take part of this mission. Uh, but the villain's like, yeah, you know, there, there's something in it for me. Of course I'll do it. So uh, great, great setup there. Totally believable. Uh, if you know Amanda Waller's character, uh, and if you know the basic premise. So I thought that was great. And again, uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool about this film is that this is the first movie that kind of ties back into um, the Flashpoint Paradox film that opened the door to the new 52 universe, which is where all of these films take place. And so Zoom is now the bridge between those two universes where we see at the end of Flashpoint Paradox, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Flashpoint Paradox, uh, you can go back and watch that. So you've been warned. I'm about to spoil uh, the ending of that movie. So, um, but in that universe, um, Batman, who in that universe is Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, driven by um, bloodthirsty vengeance for the death of his son. Uh, but he, at the end of the film, shoots Zoom or Professor Zoom through the head, um, you know, what we think is killing him. But it turns out in this film, we see that he was able to um, bring the speed force inside of himself 
or enter the speed force in his dying moments to prolong his death until he's able to find this card, um, which is brilliant. That's a, such a brilliant idea, brilliant writing, really like that. Um, and we see him, you know, we see him getting like, he's not at full strength throughout the film. Like, why is he slowing down? What's the deal? It turns out that he's almost dead. So he's using like the last of his strength to try and find this card. So I thought that was, yeah, an amazing, uh, you know, amazing plot element, uh, to involve Professor Zoom to bridge those two universes. So we get a flashback to Flashpoint Paradox, <laughs> flashback. Uh, I'm sorry. The pun was not intended, but it works. Um, and, you know, then we see him in this film. So because I was wondering, like, OK, that film kicked off this universe. But are we ever going to see anything, you know, connecting these two universes? So it was great to finally see some acknowledgement of the film that kicked all of these off. So I thought that was really great. And again, you know, um, yeah, I think I've summed up this film as much as I can, you know, uh, team of villains. Uh, sent by Amanda Waller. Um, they're going up against a bunch of other villains, including the very, uh, very creepy Professor Pig, um, who is used by Savage um, to actually, once he gets the card back, or, you know, once he gets the card, I think it belonged to him initially, and people have been trying to steal it. But once he has the card, he actually has it sewn into a place where if it was removed, um, you would have to, if you, if the card was removed or attempted to be removed, he would die immediately taking the card with him, uh, and the card would be out of play. So I thought that that was a really cool idea because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, well, that wouldn't quite be a problem for Professor Zoom. So we need Professor Zoom to come back into this, into this movie, um, to be able to remove the card, even though he doesn't ultimately end up with it. Um, it's a great, it's a great uh, use of each villain and their abilities and their intelligence and all those different things. Like it's such a well-written film that I think is, um, they've really used the unique abilities of these villains, uh, for specific purposes that work well for the story overall. So, uh, I definitely have to applaud the writing on this. Um, and it was written by Alan Burnett, by the way. So credit to him, uh, cause I think he's done a great job weaving this all together and then at the end, uh, we have this great thing, this great reveal where when Deadshot uses the card to send Bronze Tiger to, to heaven, um, the card doesn't disappear. The card's still there. And there's no way of knowing if it's already been used. So the fact that he uses it and then still is able to give the card to Amanda Waller was like, oh, that's such a great twist at the end because she has no idea that this thing is useless, but she's living now in security uh, that when she dies, um, she, she thinks she's going to heaven, but it's going to be great. Like, I wonder if we'll ever come back to that later on in this series that she actually does die. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> like, I thought, I thought this thing was locked down. Uh, what a great, what a great twist at the end. I would love to see if there's any follow-up on that in this series. Cause obviously we do see, you know, hell is just a realm, you know, in this, in this universe that people can go into, Obviously, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, you've got demon villains, you've got people that can travel between different realms, different timelines. So uh, it'll be interesting. Like, I would definitely try to revisit that in the future to see if Amanda Waller comes out seeking vengeance, uh, like a, like a bat out of hell. Uh, I think that would be, that'd be a really cool follow up. So anyway, um, I think those are all of my thoughts on the film. 
Um, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have, obviously, the emotional punch of, of some of the best of the DC animated universe, but it is, a, uh, it is extremely enjoyable. So it's going to rank high for me just based on sheer uh, enjoyment. So that's it for my thoughts on this. If you have seen it, let me know. Where does it rank for you among the DC animated films? What did you think of Harley Quinn in this film? Like I said, bothered me, irritated me. What did you think of this portrayal? Obviously, nothing against Tara Strong. She's an incredible voice actress uh, in what she's done so far. So credit to her. It wasn't her fault. I think it was just the material that she had to work with in this film that I thought was eh. So um, yeah, let me know what you thought of the characters. If you have a favorite member of the Suicide Squad, that'd be really cool. Let me know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mason Movies. And uh, check out the rest of the podcast feed. Like I mentioned, I've got the Ghibli series that I've just finished my 10th episode for that. Uh, I'm doing reviews for Loki, doing reviews for The Bad Batch, uh, and regular or semi-regular new release movie reviews uh, whenever I can get access to them in Japan. Uh, So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, If you've enjoyed it, please like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, All that stuff really helps. And um, yeah, just uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. And take care of yourself physically and mentally. And remember to always be kind to one another. Thanks, everybody.